Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> With the nest over and the evil spirit of Halloween locked away in its cage for another year, we're now looking toward that great bearded terror from the North Pole. We're boarding up our windows, we're polishing up our shotguns, readying for his army of evil elves, terrible reindeer, the leader of which dips its nose in the blood of its enemies. But alas, we will not succeed. Not unless we band together. That's right. Absolutely. We've just received three new soldiers in the war on Santa. Molly Westfield, who I believe has been sharpening her teeth. We didn't ask her to do that, and when I went to explain that, she bit my little finger off. Russ Taylor, master of making things explode. You name it, Russ will explode it. Bread? Sure. Christmas stockings? You betcha. Little evil elves? Well, that's kind of the plan. And will it dark? Will it dark? My good friend, will it dark? My companion, will it dark? who doesn't know yet but he is destined to become the next sorcerer supreme and should actually be receiving the eye of agamotto through the post any day now via amazon prime if you too want to hold up with us and the hnc officers and prepare for a blood-fueled fight to the death with that jelly belly deadite known as sandy claws go to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month with your patronage you'll get access to early ad-free episodes bonus exclusive episodes your name in books, and you'll also get to punch Santa in the face. If that sounds like your kind of thing, go to patreon.com forward slash Cleaver. Today's episode is Earl King, 
written by Ilana Gomel and narrated by Alexandra Elroy. The redwoods are clawing the bruised sky. Their trunks are too massive to move even when the wind is high, but their feathery tops are swishing and whipping across the sunset. The day was clear, but now the fog is rising, pale coils slithering through the undergrowth. The glass walls of the house are dissolving in the dusk. He turns on the lights in the transparent living room, but now it's even worse. The outside gets instantly darker, and the house is glowing like a lure, inviting uninvited guests. He goes into his own room, where the computer is idling, the unfinished game of Grand Theft Auto paused in the middle. His hand hovers over the mouse. If he sits here, the rest of the house will be quietly filling with shadows of his dread. He picks up his tablet and ambles back into the living room, plops on the couch, reaches for the TV remote and then decides against it. Babble of electronic voices will drown the murmur of the trees, but it'll also prevent him from hearing whatever there is to hear. The fact that he knows there is nothing only makes it worse. His fingers hang above the colourful array of apps. He should check his Facebook, chat with his friends. Some of them are in Italy, some down in the valley, below the massive black furred shoulder of the mountain. They are safe, all of them. His finger stabs at the Kindle icon, and involuntarily his eyes are drawn to the last sentence he has read. He quickly closes the app, and just sits there, biting his lip. His cell trills, the familiar melody, the one he has been waiting to hear for the last hour. Angrily he bellows, Dad! His father's voice, as calm and competent as usual. Fazio. Instantly, the darkness retreats, and the redwoods slow down their frantic jig. Where are you? I'm a little delayed, son. An urgent case, head trauma. But I'm on my way. How soon? Not sure. Mike is a little wobbly. Getting old, time to retire. Mike is his father's motorbike, an old beaten-up Yamaha. He occasionally gets embarrassed that his father, a highly paid neurosurgeon, rides this antique like the decrepit Hell's Angels he occasionally sees by Alice's restaurants on weekends with their scraggly grey hair and beer bellies. But his father loves the machine. Their new Prius is standing in the driveway, an indistinct humped mass among the shadows. You promised, Dad! He hears the whine in his own voice and hates himself for it. But the night is coming. The trees are dancing, plopping and sighing, noises are coming from the basement, and there is a scrabbling up in the attic. He has never spent a night in the house alone. I know, son. I'm sorry. The apology instantly makes Fazio ashamed. I'm okay, he lies. It won't be long. Talk to me. Okay. He can hear some faint scratchy sounds in the background of his father's hands-free phone, but no roaring of the engine. His father has bought some expensive noise filter so they could talk while he's on the road. He does not know what to say. He wants to talk about the dance of the redwoods in the wind. He wants to talk about the break-in in their neighbor's house two miles down the road. He wants to ask why Tom and Linda did not come to school on Friday. But he does not. 
he'll be brave. What are you reading, Fazio? Other dads would ask their sons what games they are playing, but not his dad. He knows Fazio, and he buys books for him instead of baseball mitts. A warm wave surges through him. He does not call it love, even though he knows it is. It's a book about war cemeteries in France. His father shows no surprise at his son's odd choice. He encourages Fazio to read anything that strikes his fancy, age-appropriate or not. There are some beautiful old cemeteries in Rome. Do you remember? We used to go for a walk there. When you were small. No. The dappled shadow of leaves on old stone. The mellow-aged sunshine. The woman's laughter. The woman who gave birth to him. Who abandoned him and his father. Who is not to be remembered. He quickly moves to a different topic. The book says there are places in France where they buried bodies in ditches, just piled them on top of each other like wood. They had no faces, so they could not be recognized. Is it true? He regrets the words. The moment they leave his mouth, fears are like ghosts. If unsummoned, ignored, they'll go away. But again, his father's measured tone soothes him. Probably true. He says thoughtfully, But you know, Fazio, this had to be done. The death are ruthless. They have to be kept away from the living. He opens his mouth to ask another question. And then he hears it. It's not a random noise transformed by his imagination. Neither the wind nor the pipes. It is as real as a punch. A car driving up the mountain. Their house is alone. There are no residences beyond it. The poorly maintained private road runs on for a couple of miles and peters out in a maze of trails crisscrossing the open space preserve. Tom and Linda and their parents live in the pink stucco mansion down the road, the one that was broken into. Dad? He cries. What is it, Fazio? He tells him quickly, stumbling over the words, trying to speak and hear at the same time. Yes, the car is slowing down. Navigating the serpentine turns, where the road shakes off the thicket of madrones, and starts climbing. Now it has turned the corner, reached the last level stretch, and suddenly sharp broken glints stab into his eyes, headlights, and something else. Something flickering and blue. His father's voice in his earbud, calm and steady like his hand on Fazio's shoulder. Come to the door, slowly. Don't run. Look outside. He does. His knees watery and weak, but he forces himself to do as he's told. He peers out into the confusing mess of light and shadows. Relief floods him with an almost physical intensity. Dad, it's... it's the police. Maybe they come to check on us. His father's voice makes a funny little sound like a broken twig. When he speaks again, it is unusually sharp. Listen, son. Just listen and do what I tell you. It is not the police. What? He is confused, bewildered. His father's voice always tells him the truth, but 
He can see the revolving blue light on top of the approaching car as it's slowing down. It is not the police. They are criminals with fake beacons. That's how they broke into the Davenport home. I didn't want to tell you, but... Linda and Tom are dead. Sour bile rises into his throat. His fingers on the cell phone are slippery with sweat and he is afraid he'll drop it and his father's voice will be gone, leaving him alone in the dark. Fazio, Fazio, listen to me, mio caro. You must be strong. You must do what I say. He takes deep breaths. Should I go out the deck? He could slip into the redwoods, lose himself in the furry shadows. Ten minutes ago, the heaving gloom outside filled him with terror. Now it beckons like a sanctuary. No, there is no moon. You'll fall. You'll break your leg. And if you take a flashlight, they'll come after you. No, listen to me. Take the car keys from the drawer. Go to the Prius. What? The car is slowed down, letting a doe and a fawn cross the road. It is waiting to see if more are coming. Fazio knows there are only those two. They always hang around the house, rustling in the brush. You know how to drive, I showed you. Just pull out, follow the road. You can do it, son. I know you can. Fazio swallowed. He is thirteen years old. The car is moving now, looking for the entrance to the driveway, masked by the luxuriant Senethus bush. Fazio, please, I'll meet you down at the mailboxes. Just do it, son, and you'll be safe. We'll be together. Keys clutched in one hand, the phone shoved into his jeans pocket. He steps outside, into the clammy fog shut through with blue flashes of the beacon like will-o'-the-wisps. He sprints down the driveway. The Prius emits a familiar click like a friendly greeting, and he is inside, in his father's seat. It is surprisingly comfortable. Fazio is reed-thin but tall. His body fits perfectly into the driver's seat. The familiar smells, leather, air freshener, a stint of stale pizza. Clear his head. He pushes the key in and the Prius purrs, blinks its green lights. The other car has parked, its doors beginning to swing outwards like the wing of a giant moth. Remember, Fazio, just do as I showed you. Brake, power, forward. Go, son, go! A dark shape squeezes from the gaping maw of the other car. It lifts a swollen appendage as if to block the Prius, but it is already rolling out onto the pale grey ribbon of the road and past the other car, past the jagged walls of redwoods, manzanitas and madrones, glued together by the night. Fazio's hands are on the wheel. It feels as natural as moving a mouse. I did it, Dad. I'm driving. His father's voice falls silent for a moment, and when he speaks again, it is filled with a mixture of emotions so complex that Fazio is almost repelled by it. He is only what he wants to hear. The pride in his accomplishments. My son. The car is devouring the road and the redwoods step aside. Fazio realizes he does not want to stop. He wants to be out of here, out of this dark forest so much wilder than any witch's woods in the forgotten fairy tales of his Italian childhood. 
He wants to be down in the valley, whose light he is beginning to see through the thinning trees, as the mountain falls sharply on his right. He wants to be with people and crowds, and to leave this magnificent house which he hated the very first moment he saw it. Dad, where are you? Are you coming up? Mike has died, Fazio. I'm sorry. I'm stuck down here. I'll walk towards you when you're down at the mailboxes. So the stupid old motorbike has given up the ghost. Well, long time overdue. Fazio's spirits swell with confidence. The car is purring, following the twists in the road seemingly by itself, obedient to the touch of his hand. Wait till I tell Tom, he thinks. I'm driving. Tom is dead. His father's voice in his earbud again. Not far, son. Not far. To shake off the encroaching unease, he starts chatting with his father, telling him how easy driving is, how stupid the law that you have to wait till you're 16. This is because you're young, Fazio, his father says solemnly. When you're young, the world is like an inverted pyramid, so wild but perched on a point. As you grow older, it narrows down, herding you toward this point, and then there are no options left. The image of this is strange and somehow upsetting. He is about to ask his father for elucidation when a beam of light stabs into his face, blinding him. He pushes on the brakes. The car swerves and shudders, but he manages to keep it from going off the road. He stops. There is another fake police car ahead, blocking the road. He can see the hateful false beacon throwing handfuls of ice-blue shards into his face. Dad? What is it, son? What's wrong? Another car. And now the Prius has stopped. He can hear a car coming from behind him. The squeal of tyres on the pitted tarmac. They have him cornered. Fazio. His father's voice, sharp and commanding. There is a track on your left. Drive there. The opening of the track is a black sash in silver. The moon has risen. The moon... He has no time to think. His body obeys the voice and the car obeys his body. The Prius bumps and shudders as it is dragging itself on the unpaved surface, scratching its underbelly on the rocks. Behind him, the squeal of the brakes as the other car stops. Dad! Deeper and deeper into the enchanted redwoods, silvered by the moon, filled with slow undulation of fog, whisper of trees, voices of wilderness... Dad! Dad! The car crawls on. The track comes to an end in a small clearing, overgrown with poison oak. There is a pile of broken metal, with a wheel sticking out at an unnatural angle, and a motorbike saddle impaled on a bush. There is a huddled mass lying on the side. Dad? The mass stirs, stands up, hobbles toward him. I told you, the death are ruthless. Whisper the torn lips in a face no longer human. It was an accident. I tried to make it home before dark. But now you're here, Fazio. We will be together, mio caro. Forever.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Earl King was written by Elana Goma, narrated by Alexandra Elroy, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Chris Zabriskie and Zapsplat.com, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. Elana Gomel has done a lot of stuff. Uh, you should just go to www.citiesoflightanddarkness.com. You can check out her novels, uh, where her short stories have been, and that kind of thing. She's done a lot, and it's quite impressive, really, to have her on the other stories. Once again, with the nest over and the evil spirit of Halloween locked away in its cage for another year, we're now looking toward that great bearded terror from the North Pole. We're boarding up the windows, polishing up our shotguns, readying for an army of evil elves, terrible reindeer, the leader of which practices in dipping its nostrils in the blood of its enemies. Rudolph, you son of a... But alas, we will not succeed. Not unless we band together... We've just received three new soldiers in the war on Santa, Molly Westfield, who I believe has been sharpening her teeth. We didn't ask her to do that, and when I went to explain it, she bit it off my little finger. Russ Taylor, master of making things explode, you name it, Russ will explode it. Bread, yep. Christmas stockings, yep. Water, when is he not exploding water? Evil elves, well that's kind of the plan. Will it dark? It's good, it's good that we've got Will It Dark on our side because he is destined to become the next Sorcerer Supreme. I signed him up to an online class and he, I think he's finished it. So he should be receiving the Eye of Agamotto through the post any day now via Amazon Prime. If you too want to hole up with us and the HNC officers and prepare for a blood-fueled fight to the death with that jelly-bellied deadite known as Santa Claus, go to patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver and pledge... You know what? Just pledge your life. That's all we ask. <laughs> Just your life. And also, you know, a dollar a month would be handy as well. Um, with that, you'll get access to early ad-free episodes, bonus episodes. This month we've got a good one from Michael David Wilson coming up. And you'll get your name in our books, and you will feel great because you will be on the front line against Santa Claus. Until next time. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.